we had an electric night here with one of the largest crowds, opening day crowds, and uh, it was a hell of an atmosphere. Appreciate the student body and all the fans. And you know, obviously, uh, I don't feel like uh, you know we played at the level that we, we were capable of playing at. Um, give credit to to uh, the Jackrabbits. I thought they played uh, played like we knew they would play. They're a really good football team. They've got uh, you can tell they're they've got a great team culture and they just played hard. Um, you know the. Uh, Game was an interesting game. Um, you know, we had we, we we played well on third down on offense, um, and you know, we had some offense. We we ran a, sh uh, a bunch of plays. <laughs> Time of possession was fairly close. We had more first downs, um, but again, that's an example of why you got to be able to run the football, and then you got to be able to stop the run. They averaged seven point something yards of carry on the run in the run game, which is totally unacceptable and hard for me to understand. How, how that how that happened. I've got to watch the tape and take a look at it. Um, you know, we think they had 400 some 80 some yards. We had 400 some yards. Uh, that's where statistics to me can you know can cannot be accurate because you know if you looked at them, if you didn't really dive into it aside from the obvious score of the game, you'd say to yourself, what's going on? I'm guessing we rushed it for under three yards of carry, and they were playing a heavy pressure front. We early figured out real quick what they were doing and try to take our shots down the field. Uh, early in that game, we had a wide open shot. We missed that. Um, and then that's my call on, on fourth and inches, eight inches, six inches, whatever it was, you know, in the second half, uh, I take responsibility for that. And, you know, the way I feel about that is if you don't get eight inches, you don't deserve to win. Uh, so I'm going to be aggressive and make those calls, but that was my call. I made that call. Okay. And then we turned it over. Uh, I think the following series, we uh, got the ball at midfield. And we had an exchange problem. And uh, so, you know, uh, th those two series were lost series for us on offense. Uh, I thought Toddy played really well. I thought he, he threw the ball really well. I thought he was a great leader on the team. I saw a lot of positives out there, to be honest with you. Um, a lot. There's a lot of good stuff wrapped into some bad stuff. Um, several players I thought played really well. And you can see that. But we got to play a whole lot better on defense. Or you know, you, you go on. again. Got to run the ball better. Got to stop the ball. Uh, got to stop the run. Uh, that that would be an understatement. Okay. So we get back to work. Figure out where our mistakes were. I like the physicality of our team. I like the toughness of our team. I like the way we play hard. But we obviously didn't play well enough, and that's my fault because I'm responsible to make sure we play at a higher level than we played tonight. One game doesn't make a season. I still feel like I have. We have an opportunity to have a heck of a football team. Uh, and and and. and Myself and our staff got to get back to work and get this team firing at the cylinders that we believe they should be firing at. So that's on me. Any questions? Steve, what surprises you most about your performance tonight is the fact that they ran the ball as well as they did, yep. considering how well you stopped the run last year. Yes. We're, we, we, you know, I sat up here and told you we've got one of the best front sevens in the league. Now I got to sit here and look in the eye and say we gave up seven yards of rush. That's got to get fixed. That's on me. That can't happen. It's not going to happen. What's up, y'all? We're back with another edition of the DNBR Rams podcast presented by Chevalier Mortgage. It's late night. Uh, rough night. Rough night to be a CSU Ram fan. They got their asses kicked. It, it was brutal. It was brutal for a lot of different reasons, and I'm going to get into all of them on this podcast. But the... Uh, I think the most deflating part about it was there was an awesome crowd. It was the fifth biggest crowd 
since Canvas Stadium opened, it was, you know, over 32,000 students were rocking down pregame. They were rowdy. There was a lightning delay. Nobody left the stands. They were so excited. They didn't leave when it was pouring rain. I mean, there was energy in that stadium for the first time in years. And then to just come out and completely underwhelm like that, it's it's peak CSU if we're being completely real. I mean, at least over the last half decade or so, it's just been one letdown after another. And it was just a horrible, horrible game for CSU. I mean, there were some things that went well, small things. Trey McBride, obviously an absolute monster night. He, we, I mean, there's no doubt about his talent. Dante Wright had a good night as well. Other than, you know, that, it was pretty brutal. I mean, CSU just got completely manhandled in this game on both sides of the football. Yikes. Not not an encouraging way to start the season. I mean, we, we knew that South Dakota State was a really good team. I mean, that that was no surprise. And honestly, the, the talent gap between a top FCS team and a, you know, mid-level FBS team, bottom-level FBS team, it's not that significant. I mean... We saw South Dakota State's better than CSU tonight, but they'd be better than more than a third of the Mountain West, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Like They are they are not the worst team that CSU will play this year. But none of that matters because it was just a flat-out embarrassing night. And I'm going to dive into some of the numbers and we'll play some audio and talk about the implications and all that as well. But uh, it's stressful trying to buy a house right now. If you've attempted this process, you know exactly what I'm talking about. The housing market, it's crazy in Colorado. Let Mike and Virginia Chevalier take the burden off this extremely difficult process. They're going to alleviate so much stress. Take the worry off your plate. Chevalier Mortgage's ultimate goal is to take the stress out of buying and refinancing. They strive to give their borrowers options with their full financial picture in mind, with the highest level of integrity always putting their borrowers first. They have a fun perk for DNVR listeners. If you visit them at dnvrmortgage.com, you can enter to win a free DNVR shirt or hat of your choice when you do. Most importantly, you're going to get set up with a free consultation to discuss all your options. That's dnvrmortgage.com. Mike and Virginia are proud DNVR members. They're CSU alum, so they know what we're going through. You can call Mike directly at 970-412-2472 or again, visit dnvrmortgage.com. Michael Chevalier, NMLS number 1931006. Virginia Chevalier, NMLS number 1910631. All right. The uh the final score 42 to 13. Yeah. 466 yards for South Dakota State in this one. They pretty much moved it at will. One of the things that uh Steve Adazio talked about post game was the, the fact that they were able to convert on a couple of third and longs, those are obviously back-breaking. I tweeted about that, that that was supposed to be a point of emphasis, but much like that Fresno State game last year, the Rams got killed on third and long, but I think what was really discouraging about this one is, you know, you, you left that Fresno State game feeling not great, but they didn't, like, get completely manhandled. I mean, this game was not even as close as the, the score kind of makes it. Like, South Dakota... South Dakota State, excuse me, don't want to be disrespectful because they they deserve all the respect after coming in here and and kicking the Rams' ass. Just just being real, it was brutal. It was not a game that inspired any confidence in terms of moving forward. I felt pretty good about them beating Vanderbilt. That we'll have to see now after that one. Uh, I guess we should talk about that too. You know, I took some heat obviously because in that season prediction I wrote. 
which had, you know, plenty of qualifiers and stuff, but it's whatever. I said they would finish seven and five, so I understand why I'm taking heat. And, you know, this team, they they did not, they didn't look even close to what I expected tonight. So, you know, that's that's fair. I was definitely wrong there. I was told the offensive line would be much improved. It was not. The tackles were okay, but the guards and, and center just got absolutely manhandled. That was rough. Well, I mean, the defensive line, they got torched. That was crazy. South Dakota State, seven yards per carry in this one, just pretty much did whatever they wanted to. Had a strong, went for 138 yards. Davis went for 84. They finished with 242 rushing yards and four rushing touchdowns in total. Just pure domination from start to finish. And, uh, I mean, the difference in quarterback play was was significant. I guess I, we should probably talk about quarterback play. You know, Todd Santeo, it, he, he's not the reason that they, they lost this game. He missed a couple of, oh, man, he missed some shots. Dante Wright was wide open early in the game. I mean, you, you set up perfectly. They're stacking the box. You go over the top. He torches his man, and you just miss him, and... It, it, those are backbreaking, you know, those missed momentum shots. Obviously, it doesn't just come down to one play, but he missed a couple. I, I will say I don't think he was horrible in this. 30 of 43, 316 yards, one touchdown, QBR of 139.2, but, you know, numbers can be a little bit deceiving. He wasn't great in this one. That's that's definitely true. But, I mean, I think he's the best option CSU has. They did get Evan Olace in there. A little bit at the end, the true freshman, he was 3 of 6 for 22 yards. Uh, had an interception on the very last play of the game, but it was a tip ball. Just a tough night for the offense. You know, when you get completely blown back at the line of scrimmage every single play, you're not going to have any success, and that was pretty much the case for all these running backs. Marcus McElroy actually came in at the very end and got two carries for 35 yards and uh, jacked up the the total team stats a little bit over 3.1 yards per carry cuz you know without him it's it's you know closer to 2.5 Bailey 19 attempts 46 yards one touchdown in this one he wasn't anything special by any means the the touchdown run was nice he had to kind of fight through some defenders but again you can't really fault him the offensive line just they weren't creating any holes out there but you know, I would have liked to have seen McElroy get some touches earlier. Would have liked to have seen Vivens maybe get involved a little bit more. He brings a different dynamic, obviously, with his speed. I like that they got Trey the ball a lot. He had 14 targets in this one. Dante Wright had 10 targets. So, I mean, 24 between those two. You should probably be trying to do that every single game, if we're being honest. I mean, 25-ish targets for those guys feels about right. They're just so talented. They were great tonight. Dante had six catches for 103 yards. Trey had 13 for 116. Fifth tight end in CSU history to go over 1,000 receiving yards for his career now after this one. He continues to just add to what is an incredible resume. I mean, he's one of the best Rams ever. The fact that he came back for this team, I mean, you got to feel for him a little bit, to be honest. I mean, I'm... I'm so glad that he did selfishly just because I love watching him. I mean, he's just such a competitor and he's obviously so talented, but you know, I just, I I hope that this team can, can get it going and can improve upon some things because if, if the defensive line is not a strong suit for this team, it's, it's going to be brutal. And if the offensive line doesn't at least, 
I mean, tonight was unacceptable, guys. It was it was that bad. They were just getting blown back every single play. And you know what, Dazio, he's supposed to be like the offensive line guy. That's supposed to be his calling card is improving the the play in the trenches, improving the offensive line. He's brought a bunch of guys in. It didn't look good tonight. That's that's all I'm saying. I'm gonna have to go back and rewatch the game in the morning and it's going to be brutal. I don't really want to, if we're being completely honest, but just to get a better view at some of that stuff in the trenches, obviously it's it's a little bit far up up in the press box, you know, so I'll have to confirm it, but it, it's going to be easy to because they were in the in the backfield constantly and they just pretty much did what they wanted in this game. I mean, Satsuko State had seven points in the first quarter, 14 in the second, 14 in the third, seven in the fourth, so touchdown drives in every single quarter of this game domination CSU on the other hand no points in the first quarter no points in the third quarter they had 10 in the second and 13 in the fourth 10 in the second I mean the second quarter they did play a little bit better but no points in the first or the third off your scripts did you know plays that's just brutal man just brutal and I understand why CSU fans are frustrated at this point or done or pissed or whatever, you know, they may be because that was just the type of night that you can't have as a program. I mean, you paid half a million dollars essentially to get just completely embarrassed on national television. And that kind of goes back to the conversation that we've had, you know, multiple times I went on the radio this morning and I was like, why did you even schedule this game in 2019? They were coming off a 10-win season. As of now, they're one of two FCS programs to qualify for the postseason in each of the last nine years. It's not like their rise is anything new. This is a team that's been competing at a high level for a long time. I just, why schedule them? Either, either you beat them and nobody really cares despite the fact that they're a good team, but nobody cares because they're FCS or you lose, and, and you get mocked for it. And it'd be one thing if you would have lost close because you would have got mocked for it that, but you you got completely embarrassed by them. I mean, this was as bad as the the what, Western Illinois game or whatever that was a couple of years ago, the Ag Day loss that we all try and, and block out of our mind in 2018, one of many brutal games that season, if we're, if we're being honest, but... I don't know. It's it's just been a rough week for CSU fans in general. I mean, there was obviously a lot of excitement about football being back, but between the the news of the Big 12 expansion and, you know, the reality setting in that CSU wasn't ever really even part of that conversation realistically. And then this, I mean, that's that's a couple of punches to the gut if there ever have been. <laughs> and it just it's unfortunate, you know, that's typical Ram stuff. You finally finally have something to be excited about, finally have sports, finally have an engaged student body, and then they get volleyball losing a couple of games and football just getting absolutely embarrassed. I mean, basketball season cannot get here soon enough. I I feel for them. You know, I hope they keep coming. It was a lot of fun in that stadium for about an hour and a half. Even, you know, into the second quarter when it was still a competitive game, it, it, was, it was awesome, you know, to just see people excited, to see the lively students. I posted some videos on Twitter. I have more to post some pictures as well. People were amped. They were so amped and it was awesome to see. And then that was just such a deflating performance. It, it did not live up to the crowd at all. 
honestly, I don't know at this point if Ram fans should laugh or cry after that one because that was just the type of night it was. It's just one game. So you don't, you know, you don't want to be too overreactionary and just because I mean, you know, things can improve in a hurry, but with what we saw, those are really really big deficiencies on the offensive line, especially the interior. They're so thin at cornerback. I mean, they were just getting exposed in in man left and right. What do you think Carson Strong's going to do to this defense at the end of the season? Like, there's some really good quarterbacks that CSU has to face this year, and it started tonight, and obviously they, they weren't up for it. Just so many blown coverages. I mean... I'm going to have to rewatch again, like I said, but I, I'm pretty sure they scored on the same route three times tonight. I mean, you can't have that. I mean, it was just brutal all around, but it's game one. You've got what is hopefully going to be actually a less talented team in Vanderbilt coming into town next week. I hope there's just as energetic of a crowd. You know, they're going to have the new uniforms. It's going to be a late night game. You know, it is another one on national TV. Hopefully they can improve kind of like they did. You know, they looked a lot better in the second matchup, but, you know, against Wyoming last year than they did in that Fresno State game. Maybe it'll be the same. We'll have to see. I, I don't know. I'm trying to trying to look for some silver linings, I guess, in it all. Looking at the numbers, CSU actually pretty decent on third down. They were 10 and 19. In most instances, you'd be pretty happy, that, happy with that. Two of four on fourth down. They got uh, 89 plays off offensively. Had the longest drive tonight. It was a 17-play scoring drive for a touchdown. That was the longest scoring drive for a touchdown since the 2016 season when the Rams were playing Boise State. That's encouraging. Um, Time of possession was actually equal. It didn't feel like it, but it was 30-30. to But Adazio said it himself tonight. I mean, the the numbers are a little bit misleading. Like, this game was not close, especially in the second half. I mean, it really swung there late in the the second quarter. They they went down and they scored with ease, and then CSU, they had a chance to kind of respond and cut it to one possession before the break. Some weird clock management decisions leading up to that. Uh, A couple of bad decisions by Santeo, if we're being honest couple of weird decisions by the coaching staff as well. It looked like they rushed the field goal. I don't know if they they thought that the clock was running or something, but they went out and they they fired it. I mean, it was a dead ball. And then, you know, Camper just completely knuckled it. It was super weird. I will say I, I can support the decision to attempt the field goal there. Nine seconds left on the clock. Your offensive line has just been getting killed every single play. So you can't necessarily trust them to protect your quarterback and give him enough time to be able to take a shot at the end zone. That that's obviously what I would love to do in most instances if you have the ability, you know, but they just really weren't in that position. I support trying to get points and cutting the deficit, especially because South Dakota State was going to get the football at, to start the second half. They just botched the execution. And I mean that was kind of the the story of the night for CSU. They botched the execution. They botched pass coverage. They botched run blocking. They botched pass blocking. They botched just about everything in this one. Lost the turnover margin 
But what just concerned me the most was they, you know, South Dakota State, despite being an FCS team, and again, they're a great FCS team, and I, I get that. They they just looked like a physically superior, well-coached, a better-coached, and more talented football team as a whole. Now, I don't think they have anybody as good as Trey McBride. I don't think they have a receiver as good as Dante Wright. But top to bottom, man, that team, that team, they're built to win. Those running backs are good. Their quarterback play, that's not even their starting quarterback, guys. And they they completely wiped the floor with CSU. I mean, they they came in and they punched their teeth in, and the Rams are going to have to respond fast. They have to win this Vanderbilt game because, as I wrote in my season preview, I know I you know, took some heat for the overall prediction, and that's fine. But I mentioned, you know, if you don't win this South Dakota State game, it puts a lot of pressure on Vanderbilt because then you got to go to Toledo and Iowa, and especially after getting dominated in this one, I don't feel really good about those or San Jose State, who they open Mountain West play with. There's a realistic scenario in which you could start 0-5. You have to beat Vandy. I'll I'll do another podcast after I re-watch the game and have a chance to rethink some of this stuff and can kind of go through it all again. But my initial take is just, man, what a gut punch. What a what an unfortunate way to start the season, especially because it had the opportunity to be such a special night. I mean, if you come out and you win that game, especially if you come out and you win it, you know, decisively, that crowd was just there. I mean, it was there for the taking. You had a whole young generation of students that were ready to buy in wholeheartedly. They didn't leave when it rained. They didn't leave when there was a lightning delay. A lot of them even stayed at halftime when they were down double digits, man. They you know, started to pour out in the masses in the third quarter, and I don't blame them at that point. It was late, and you know, CSU was laying an egg. It just sucks because you have this group of students that have been forced to stay inside over the last two years. I mean, you have a freshman class that's just amped. They didn't get their senior year of high school last year in a traditional way. And you have a sophomore class. They didn't get their freshman year in a normal way. And they were there. They wanted to be in. You know, They wanted to be a part of community and, and participate and have fun and all that. And then just for CSU to open that way, it just brutal. Not, not, a, not a positive way to start the season. That's really the only way to look at it. But I don't want to dwell on it any longer. I will play some audio from the players as well as Steve Adazio here in just a second. Uh, before I do, got to shout out the homies over at DraftKings Sportsbook. You know, just because CSU ruined your Friday night does not mean that you can't enjoy an awesome college football opening weekend. And also, I mean, the NFL is right around the corner. Get in on the action with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. And with the NFL returning, DraftKings is giving new customers $200 in free bets instantly when you place a $1 bet or more on any football game. Listen up, you're not going to want to miss this. Head to the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Place a $1 bet or more on any week one game to receive $200 in free bets instantly. DraftKings didn't forget about current customers either. All customers can participate in DraftKings week one no-brainer. For opening night, all customers can double their money as long as Tampa Bay doesn't lose by 74 points. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code DNVR to receive $200 in free bets when you place a $1 bet or more on any week one football game. That promo code DNVR to get your free $200 in bets instantly. 
For a limited time, only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only, new customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required, one per customer. Restrictions to apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Have a gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. All right, kind of losing my voice here, but we also got to shout out Solace Meds. They've got some smoking hot September deals for you. They always have got some crazy deals. Honestly, they are the premier dispensary, and they've got four Colorado locations, one in Fort Collins, one in Wheat Ridge, one off Broadway, and one just blocks away on East Colfax from the DNVR bar. All month long, you can get 25% off Can America gummies. You can get 20% off Strains tinctures, 25% off rocking cartridges, 20% off Glacier concentrates, and on Labor Day, which is coming up here on the 6th, you can buy three, get the fourth of anything for $0.10. They're doing the same sale on Patriot's Day. That is 9-11. If you head into any location, you can get a free Solace Bar or King Cone. When you mention the code DNVR20, on top of that, you're going to get 20% off your entire order. I'm telling you, nobody hooks it up like Solace Meds. They make your cannabis shopping experience a, le- a delight. You can head to their website, view their menu, order online, and pick up at your convenience. Just head to solacemeds.com, purchase from there. Can't recommend Solace Meds enough. Word, word, word. Let's get to some of that audio here, and I will leave you with that. And then we will, like I said, I'll come back. You know, this won't be my only thoughts on this game. You know, we've got a little bit of time to, to digest it, but. That's a, you know, 22 minutes of rambling is probably enough, at least from my instant reaction. But like I said, we'll dive more into it in the coming days. I think everybody needs to take a day or two and cool off, try and breathe a little bit. I don't know, go for a hike or something. Just focus on all the other college football games. That's my advice to you. Don't let it ruin your weekend altogether. And uh, yeah, here's some of that audio from Adazio, as well as Trey McBride and Scott Patchen. Got to give uh, the players especially a lot of credit for, you know, really owning up to the the issues tonight. You know, they they mentioned they're still confident. I asked the players too, you know, w- what is their advice or what would they say to the fans? You know, and they basically said, still buy into this team. But I will play that audio for you so you can hear it for yourselves. Go for it, Justin. You mentioned, you know, you were surprised about the, the, the lack of defensive success. Were you surprised about the lack of offensive success on your end and just kind of... I don't think there was a lack of offensive success. I didn't see it that way. I don't think there's a lack of... Cons- I don't think we ran the ball the way we should have ran it. Our third down percentage was good. Our total yards... Our to- we were, I think we ran close to 80 plays out there. I think we had 460-some-odd yards. You know, I, I think we did some really... I think we started slow. Because they were playing, they were playing a, a, a loaded box. We missed a couple of early shots. We dropped the, we had a keep. We missed a shot that was a touchdown. And I want to say maybe, and I don't remember this, I want to say the next series, we had that critical penalty where we threw a, a, a rub, sprint out rub play, and they called us for pass interference. And it was right, it was. It shouldn't have been, but it was. We were had the ball crossing midfield to Trey on that catch, and instead we were all the way back coming out of our own 30, I think it was. So those are two back-to-back series where we got nothing done, uh, and we should have on offense. So I thought because of that, I thought we started slow. But we recognized early that we had to pierce the center of the defense, and we had to throw shots. One of the reasons we didn't run the ball as well is because they loaded the box. 
And we did throw the ball pretty well in our play actions and our movement pockets. So we got that done. That's why those stats are where they are, right? But we pride ourselves. I think the thing, if you said to me, what am I most upset about? When it's fourth and eight inches, we better get the first down. That's upsetting to me. We're a physical football team and you have to be able to get fourth and eight inches. That didn't happen. That's upsetting to me, okay? But to say that there was no offensive success, that's an error of statement. Um, so go from there. Next. I know it's you know, kind of tough to focus on this now given the result of the game, but obviously it was a massive crowd, 35,000 plus, the students and the fans, you know, rocking. Just what was kind of going through your mind, you know, at the beginning, Scott, how was your first time getting to play in front of fans? Oh, it was awesome. I mean, the student section was rocking, you know. It's a shame that we couldn't, you know, give them what they came for. You know, at the end of the day, you want to, you want to, you want to win. You want them to keep coming back. Winning cures everything. So that, that's our focus. We just got to win next week. Do you guys have anything you like? Maybe want to say to them if they were, you know, a little maybe they're on the fence after tonight if they want to keep coming. Stick with us. Yeah, stay with us, man. Uh, one game's not going to, you know, ruin a whole season. So I, I appreciate everyone coming out. That was awesome. You know that. Student section was unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Crowd was electric. Uh, I mean, it was awesome. So, you know, we need that. Uh, you know, that fuels us to play, gives us, you know, momentum, energy, and, you know, enthusiasm throughout the game. So we need that fuel, you know, the whole game. So uh, we appreciate everyone who came out, and I'm excited to, you know, keep building on this and, and you know, keep believing because we, we're, right, we're right there. Sweet as mama's marmalade This shit sound like summer days The windows down on harmony The family band sing harmonies My daddy played the drums My mama slapped that bass My sister sang these songs Dancing under canopies We thank the trees for all their leaves We are just some drops of water Together make up seven seas And one day I'll be like my father One day I will learn to breathe I'm choking on the thought That I am not the man I was